You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and thanks for tuning in to tonight's Best Possible Taste. Coming up on the show this evening, wine merchant Ron Forrestal will be here to suggest some manly wines in anticipation of Father's Day, which is this Sunday, the 21st of June and the longest day of the year. Also taking place this weekend is Ireland's longest-running food festival. The Stool Food Fair kicks off this Thursday and runs until Sunday. And tonight I'm delighted that my guests, Martin Stack, Sid Sheehan and Lizzie Lyons, will be sharing details about how they're involved in it. Martin Stack will be talking to me about craft beer and the inaugural All-Ireland Craft Beer Championships that take place this Saturday evening in Listowel, County Kerry. Sid Sheehan will be in studio with healthy eating advice and details about the How Healthy Is Your Relationship With Food workshop. He's hosting that on Friday. Lizzie Lyons of Lizzie's Little Kitchen talks about her healthy eating ethos and her new pop-up cafe in Ballybunion. You might have seen my piece on McKenna's Guides about that. Check out guides.ie. And Ballymaloo's J.R. Ryle has a lovely recipe to share for Father's Day. If you want to get in touch with me, feel free to drop me an email s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org, short for organisation. And as you're doing that, let's welcome wine guru Ron Forrestal to tonight's programme. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Ron, you're welcome this evening. Thanks, Sharon. And you're going to talk about nice manly wines in time for Father's Day. And you have a lovely collection here in front of you, some of which I recognise from before. Yes. Uh, well, I suppose I'm going to take it from two angles, really. Um, uh, manly wines, as in big, robust kind of heavy reds. And then I'm going to go right back to the start for the guy who doesn't drink any wine at all. And maybe someone would like to introduce their partner to wine. Okay. Um, and I'm uh, trying to, to figure out the best way of doing that. And that's not particularly easy because I see people where I've, I've been at dinners where people are poured a glass of wine and, and say, I don't drink wine at all. And I say, just try it. Just try it for once. And, and they take a taste out of it and, and turn every colour under the sun. So there's, I think there's ways of starting off getting someone to drink wine. Okay. So that's the two angles that we've we've taken tonight. So I'll start with introducing somebody to wine. So if you have somebody in your life that, that doesn't drink um, wine at all and enjoys a beer, I think probably the best way to start is on Prosecco. And the reason I say that is because it can be very cold, it has bubbles, um, and it's it's pretty smooth to drink. Uh, and it's it's relatively sweet, it's not that dry, which is I think is a, is a way to start off because dry, although people who drink wine regularly, dry is a lot what they look for in Sauvignon Blancs. But when you start off, that's the bit that gets you, that's the, the dryness in your mouth that gets you. So I brought a little Marsa Prosecco. This is, I bought a Prosecco in a small bottle before from Marsa, but it was a frizzante, it was a screw-off cap. This is a pop-off, full bubble champagne-like Prosecco. It's gorgeous. They're just brand new. I just got them in last week for the first time. Because I've had the other one, the Frizzante one, and it is lovely and yeah. very handy to have. Yeah, this, yeah and this is uh, this is the, the big brother version of that, if you like, as in the full bubble, uh, beautiful pop-off cork. It's it's the real deal. It's lovely. And you get about a glass and a half, nearly two glasses out of it. But I think this is perfect for someone who wants to start off drinking because it's very beer-like in appearance, as in it has bubble and it has a bit of life to it. So... That's that's the first one. The next one is a rosé. Because, for example, the UK market is a huge rosé market. It's, it's, it's fighting it out with white wine during the summer, rosé, in percentage-wise. Whereas Ireland doesn't go near rosé at all, bar a handful of people. And I think it's a great way to start off drinking wine if you don't drink a lot of wine. Because rosés tend to be not that dry either. They're a bit more body to them. And I've brought one here called a Cabernet d'Anjou, which is a French rosé, which are the nicest roses. And that's served really cold. It's fantastic. Absolutely beautiful. And that goes extremely well with spicy food, yeah, I have works. found. Yeah, yeah, it works. It can stand up to, yeah. to it's food that has a lot of flavour in it. Mm. So I think, and it can be drank with red meat fairly easily. Um, but I'm, I just the main thing is to make it really cold, and even the Prosecco or the Rosé to make them really cold if you're trying to introduce somebody to wine because that's that's the best way for them to, to appreciate it. If it comes into anywhere near room temperature for whites, they'll just be turned off, as you would be yourself. So then on the other end, I've, I've, I've also brought, for red wines then, I've brought a Pinot Noir as a lighter end of red. 
Um, maybe you have uh, someone in your life who drinks uh, white wine and you'd like to introduce them to red uh, so that you don't have to open two different bottles every time you're, you're, you're having something. So Pinot Noir is a relatively light grape variety. This is one from Chile, from uh, Vistamar. It's a Sipa Reserva. Um, it's lovely, very easy to drink. Uh, they come from um, popular uh, Pinot Noirs, come from California. They tend to be quite expensive. Um, New Zealand, again, tend to be quite expensive. But the um, Chilean ones are great, great value. That's costing around 13 euros a bottle. But it's really nice and it's a great product. Got a decanter, silver middle, that particular one. And then on the other end, for the for the fathers who drink wine on a fairly regular basis, I, I thought I'd bring two fairly heavyweight, full-bodied, everything in the bottle red for that steak or whatever it may be you're having. The first one is the Chateau Belleville Florette. I think we I, I looked at this before a couple of years ago, which is, this is a really nice product from the south of France, uh, from Fronton in France, um, owned by an Irish guy called Philip Grant. Um, fantastic winery not that expensive costs around 15 euros a bottle but this is an amazing product a blend of three grape varieties um, uh, Syrah Cabernet Sauvignon Cabernet Franc full bodied real full bodied but a fantastic drink and that's a 2010 vintage um, again a silver middle winner that one um, against Bordeaux wines which is would be three or four times the price of it and it stood up very well to them so I think that's a great product and then for the real heavyweights got to be sitting down uh, not any plans for the night after. It's this is a, a Malbec, but it's from Chile, in opposed to from Argentina, uh, from Rayuela, which is a Chilean winery. Vuminent is the winery name, and there's a Malbec, real full-bodied, uh, 40, 13 and a half percent volume. It's a sit down and relax bottle of red. Need to be eating something with it though. You'd have to be having something red meat purposely because that's what the, they're made for. You talked about the prices there. The Vistamar is thirteen euros, yes. and the the Shadow Bell- Shadow Bellevue Le Flor is about fifteen, and the uh, Rayuela twelve. Okay, so they're all kind of in and around the same. What about the Rosé? How Rose much is about it? Twelve as well, and then the bottles of Prosecco, about five fifty each. Now they're quite expensive, but the duty is phenomenal on them yeah. because of the cork that they have. They're a full bubble one. So the duty is over two euros a bottle alone on those. Okay. And do you do that in a bigger version? Oh, yes, yeah, I do a full version. version. So yeah. it's probably more cost effective to buy it. It is. It is. The beauty with the smaller ones is that they're single serve effectively. So you can have a glass of that. Like you get two glasses, two nice champagne glasses out mm. of that for the start of a meal or something. If it's know, just the two of you. Yeah. You and start. what about this Prosecco shortage that everybody's talking about in the press? Yeah, it's not a myth. It, it, it's happening. Uh, it's not affecting this year because the, the Prosecco that's been sold at the moment was all bottled last year. So that's not an issue. The issue is the harvest for this year. So what we're really going to see an effect is towards the summer or towards the end of the summer next year. And it will become scarcer and um, that means the price goes up because what happens is markets buy it up so you have a huge market for it in the US, a huge market in the in Asia, and they'll just buy it up and you just won't be able to see products like you did before. Does that mean then that something like Cava is going to take its yeah. place, yeah, take absolutely. up the slack there, so to speak? Absolutely, and they're already on that on that uh, mission as we speak. But Cava is a very different product. It's a much drier, harder to drink product and Prosecco is really soft and easy to drink. So I, th- there's nothing to say that Cava won't tweak their um, their offering in order to meet that market. But they will. It's, Prosecco is huge, absolutely huge. It really is. Yeah. It really is, I have to say. I and just, it stood the test of time. Yeah, it yeah. just seems yeah. to be everywhere now. All these food festivals as well, there's people there selling Prosecco, mm-hmm. like you'll have the champagne tent, but everybody's there buying the bottles of Prosecco because it's so much more affordable and it, it's a very enjoyable drink. It is. It is. A, it's so It's so much easier. I see a lot of people are organising parties, you know, be it a 50th or whatever it is, they're having a little marquee inside their house. And in order to limit all your drinks that you have to have available, like if you can have a Prosecco on arrival for someone, you know, to, everyone will have a glass of Prosecco. There are probably out of 50 people, there's probably only five people that wouldn't take a glass of it. It's a real all-rounder. The value is very good out there. Um, there's two levels of it, of course. There's a, there's a Frizzante and then there's a Spumante, which is the full bubble one. 
But uh, yeah, you're looking at prices next year have gone up anywhere between 25 and 40 percent, they say. And unfortunately, it's not something that you can stock up on because no. it's not going to keep. It's not going to keep. Now, you could buy some this year and use it next year. That'd, that'd be fine. But, you know, it's who's going to do that? You know, it's not going to be. I think wine is just going to take over from its the gap that's left there with that. Because, it, like, the problem is that Prosecco on a wine list in a restaurant is going to go from 30 euros to 40 euros a bottle. Like the champagne will will be another ten on top of that, or fifteen maybe. So, if anything, it's going to help champagne claw back a bit of the ground, maybe that it lost out to. Well, we'll try not to worry too much about it now. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure there'll be a few bottles of it cracked open this Sunday for Father's Day. If anybody wants to get in touch with you between now and then, it's forestal.ie. You've all of these lovely wines and the Prosecco in stock and you'd be happy to to talk to them. Absolutely. We do love a little gift box as well if you want to give a nice bottle of red to somebody. Oh, great idea. Great idea. Ron, thanks so much for coming in and we will talk again soon. Thanks, Sharon. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. Thanks again to Ron from Forestal Wine Merchants. And if you have a wine question for Ron for his next visit, please do email it to me, s.noonan at live.ie, and I'll put it to him the next time he is in studio. So still to come tonight, Sid Sheehan will be here with healthy eating advice and details about his How Healthy Is Your Relationship With Food workshop. That's taking place this Friday in Listowel, County Kerry. Lizzie Lyons of Lizzie's Little Kitchen talks about her healthy eating ethos and her new pop-up cafe in Ballybunyam and then before we finish up this evening I have Ballymaloo's J.R. Ryle who has a lovely recipe to share for Father's Day. Next though it's time to move from wine to craft beer and listen to an interview I did in Listowel recently with Martin Stack. Martin owns an off-licence in the County Kerry town and he's heading up the inaugural All-Ireland Craft Beer Championships and they're on this Saturday evening. It's part of the programme for Listowel Food Fair and I was delighted to meet him in person to find out more. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Martin, you have a very impressive selection of craft beers here in the off-licence. How many would you stock? On any given time, we'd have probably over 200, 250. Um, it ranges sometimes, especially in the summer where there's a lot of uh, speciality beer comes out, we'd carry a bit more, but usually it is over 200 beers. So it's, it's quite a lot. When did your interest in craft beer start? Um, well, I was born into the pub trade and uh, always beer was at hand. So um, it developed really carrying different beers home and trying them out. And that's that's where it started off. You know, uh, you, you, you have to know what you're, you're selling. So uh, just try all the new ones and see what they're like. Do you have a lot of interest from customers coming in asking questions about them? Because I would imagine that there's not very many people would come in and just have a look and say, oh, I'm going to try this. They would, they would look for advice and suggestions. Oh, yes, they would. And um, some of the customers would, would know a lot more than myself about beers. They would have done courses and, and uh, read up a lot on them. Uh, but mostly the, the general run of customers come in and, and uh, they're buying beers for parties and for uh, special events and they're looking for advice of what beers to celebrate with. And sure, we help them out as much as we can. And if somebody was wanting to change from a traditional American type beer that they normally would have in the pub, which one would you recommend to them that they maybe start off on? Well, if they liked American, they probably like really hoppy kind of uh, a beer. So we'd, we'd kind of uh, maybe introduce them to some Belgium, something around the same hoppiness and, and take it from there, you know. Uh, give them something different that they haven't tried. So the selection comes from all over the world. It's oh, yes. craft beers from all over the world. It's not just restricted to Ireland. No, we have uh, Belgium, America, Australia, far, far East, everywhere, anywhere. You're heading up the inaugural All-Ireland Craft Beer Competition, which is part of the Listowel Food Fair this year. Yes, um, it was something that uh, we, we dipped our toe in the water last year during the food fair. We had a... Uh, uh, a talk on beer and we got a great response from it we had about 50 people turn up for it and uh, we saw that the interest was there so that's where we, we said we'd run a beer competition this year and um, hopefully it'll it'll take off and, and uh, maybe some people that haven't tried it before will try it again you know so you've been in touch with most of the if not all of the craft beer breweries in Ireland as well as a few home brewers You've shortlisted it down to six or seven, I believe, and they're all going to be here on the Saturday, the 20th of June, outside 
the off-licence in your lovely beer garden. Yes, uh, uh, we invited all the breweries in the country and we've narrowed down to six or seven and uh, they're coming here with their with their summer beers and uh, they're going to put their best foot forward and hopefully whoever will win it will be uh, a worthy champion of, of uh, the All-Ireland Craft Beer Championship. And you're going to have a barbecue as well? Yes, we'll give them a bit of food and a bit of... Uh, uh, they can talk to the brewers themselves and come in and enjoy themselves and hopefully the, the weather will stay dry. Well, good luck with it. It's €10 Euros for a ticket and for that you get the food at the barbecue, you get two glasses of craft beer, whichever two you want to, to taste and you get the opportunity to support some wonderful craft artisan craft beers. Hope everyone enjoys it and um, why not come along to the store? Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. And indeed, as Martin said, why not pay a visit to Listowel? And he has two very impressive judges lined up who are going to decide the All-Ireland Craft Beer Champion. Sarah Rorty and Aidan Sweeney are both accredited beer sommeliers. And Sarah was, in fact, the first female to qualify in Ireland. And after the break, I'll have two more guests who will be sharing some more reasons to visit the kingdom this weekend. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to tonight's programme. If you've just joined us, we heard earlier from Ron Forrestal of Forrestal Wine Merchants. And just before the break, I was chatting to Martin Stack about the All-Ireland Craft Beer Championships that are taking place in Listowel, County Kerry this Saturday evening. Never fear if you've missed some of the show as it will be up on the Best Possible Taste podcast later in the week along with all the previous shows and you'll find the podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show. Still to come tonight, Lizzie Lyons of Lizzie's Little Kitchen talks about her healthy eating ethos and her new pop-up cafe in Ballybunyam. And Ballymaloo's J.R. Ryle has a lovely recipe to share for Father's Day. My next guest joins me in the studio. Sid Sheehan is a professional chef and nutritionist and along with his wife runs Nourish by Nature, Kerry's first combined cookery school and complementary therapy centre designed for overall health. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Sid, you're very welcome to the studio this evening. Thanks. Thanks for having me in again. And we're going to start off tonight and talk about good fats versus bad fats. Enlighten me. Okay, so obviously there's a lot of hype about fat and low-fat diets and all of that sort of thing. Traditionally, most diets would have been based on cutting out fat or reducing fat, eliminating it as much as possible. Now, that is no longer the case because we have to have fat in our diet. You have to have fat to survive. It has a couple of different functions. The main functions of fat would be it's a backup source of energy. That would be one of the sources of it. But its main source is to insulate our body and it maintains our body temperature. So we have to have fat. Um, A lot of nutrients would be absorbed as well into fat, different vitamins. There are some of them that are classed as fat-soluble vitamins. So we have to have fat. So we need to get away from the whole idea of low fat and start looking at sugar. That's the, the big one when it comes to weight loss. Now, just getting back to the good fats versus bad fats, type of fats that we consume on a daily basis. So we look at the bad ones first that we need to kind of cut down on. I won't say eliminate completely, but just to be aware of them and reduce them as much as possible. So saturated fat, we've all kind of heard about it. Basically what it is, a saturated fat is any fat that is solid at room temperature. So the one we're most um, familiar with would be butter. Other ones then that are saturated fats would be margarine. Um, They come under a slightly different classification of fats. We'll chat about them in a second. And the only exception with these fats would be coconut oil, which is super healthy, but it is solid at room temperature. But it's not really classed as a saturated fat. Does that mean it's a good fat? It's a really good fat. It has a high burning point, so it won't denature when you cook with it. Um, it's really good it's not just for cooking with it's loads of different functions you can apply it topically to skin you can use it as a toothpaste it's got loads of different benefits you said so it won't denature at a high uh, yeah so a lot of fats would when you cook with them and you heat them over a certain temperature they will 
the good nutrients in them will burn off and they can actually be counterproductive then. So you end up with carcinogenic components being created within the fat. So the coconut oil is definitely one of the good ones to, to go with for cooking. Um, rapeseed oil is another good one. Olive oil, I tend not to cook with it myself. Um, I would rather use it in its raw state for making dressings, for making homemade mayo and stuff like that. Again, when you cook with olive oil and you heat it over a certain temperature, it will denature. So again, it's counterproductive. And what's the difference between olive oil and extra virgin olive oil? Okay, so extra virgin olive oil is the oil that's made from the first press of the olives. So it's cold pressed olive oil. Then you'll get cheaper olive oils. Olive oil, the proper olive oil should be if you're in Italy... Um, you'll see that it's supposed to be in a black or a dark green glass bottle. Um, a lot of the cheaper ones that we get now, they're in a clear plastic bottle, not much more expensive than your regular vegetable or sunflower oil. Uh, they're not really a great oil. They can call them olive oil because they did come from an olive, but it might be the second, third, fourth press. So you're better going for the extra virgin? Definitely. If you're going to go with olive oil at all, go for the extra virgin olive oil. You will pay that little bit more for it, but you know it's definitely the healthier one to go with. It's quite strong as well. Olive oil has quite sharp, kind of bitter aftertaste with it. So certainly when you cook with it, that'll come through. So that's kind of why I'd stay away from it. And the rapeseed oils are coming in lots of different flavours now. Yeah. You don't yeah. see that with the olive oil, do you? No, no. no. You, sometimes you'll get olive oils, you know, that might be um, flavoured with garlic or with chilli or something like that. But the rapeseed oils at the moment, I got a lovely gift at Christmas actually from somebody. It was like a box set of maybe five or six different ones. There was um, a fennel oil, there was a curry one, loads of different ones. They're really nice just to use them as a salad dressing on their own with a little bit of balsamic vinegar or something like that. They're really nice. Okay, so what other bad fats, good fats can you tell so us about? So the bad fats, so we can chat about them for a second. Butter, okay, it's always considered as a bad fat. Compared to some of the other ones that are out there, I would rather see somebody. I would trust cows more than I would trust the people that make the, the other fats. One of them that I'm always telling people to stay away from, if somebody comes to me in the clinic um, for a nutritional consultation, I would tell people stay away from margarine. These are saturated fat, but what people might be more familiar with is they're called trans fats. These are completely man-made fats. There's no natural ingredient inside in them, or they're all the proper name for them is hydrogenated fats. So they start out as a liquid fat with a really inferior quality vegetable oil. It's superheated, it's pumped with hydrogen atoms, and it's solidified. So obviously our body sees this, doesn't know how to deal with it, can't break it down properly, so it clogs up our arteries. But what about these margarines that reduce your cholesterol and are meant to be fantastic? Okay, they will reduce they will reduce your cholesterol, but at the same time our body doesn't recognise them, so they will have a negative effect as well. So I would try and get people to steer clear of those as much as possible. I don't think they're on the market long enough to see the, the long-term effects of them. So I would stick with a little bit of the real thing. So go a little bit of butter and for cooking with, you know, try good quality organic rapeseed oil or something like that. They'd be the fats to go with and the ones to stay away from. The bad fats where they contained, all processed food is going to have trans fats in it. So even if you go into a deli, you pick up sausage rolls or something like that. The reason they taste so good is because they're laced with fat. And at the end of the day, fat transports flavour. That's one of its main purposes when it comes to food. So um, puff pastry, stuff like that. Do you know if you think you can go in and you can buy a multi-buy of three or four sausage rolls for a euro? That's not. Don't fool yourself by thinking there's real butter in there. So the good fats then, what we want to start increasing is omega-3 fats. So these are the good ones that we need for raising good cholesterol. There's two types of cholesterol. Again... Uh, cholesterol has always been had a bad name, but you need cholesterol in your body. Um, there's LDL cholesterol, which is the bad one, and there's HDL, which is the good one. So you need to increase the HDL. You will do that by increasing omega-3 fats in your diet. Uh, where will you get omega-3s? The main source would be from fish oil or from flaxseed oil. So you can buy lots of different supplements. You can buy fish oil capsules. You can buy krill oil capsules, cod liver oil, all of these ones. You know, we would have been force-fed by grandmothers when we were kids. You know, like cod liver oil tasted disgusting. You can get capsules now. There's no taste off of them. So try and get those in. If you're not a fish lover, if you will eat fresh fish, go for oily fish like salmon, trout, herring, mackerel. They're really good sources. If you're not a fish person and if you're not into taking supplements, go for plant-based fats. These would be the flaxseed oil. Chia seeds are a good source of it. So they're really good ones to get in. They're easily absorbed. We don't make these naturally in our body, the omega-3, so we do need to get them from our diet or from supplements. So if you're using something like chia seeds, 
like a teaspoon of chia seeds in your cereal or whatever is that you know it's only a teaspoon but is that really good for yeah, you yeah it is really good try and ideally i'd be telling people maybe opt for or aim for a tablespoon of these seeds every day so flaxseed and linseed are the same seed it's just a different name for the two of them uh, so they'd be a really good source of it of uh, omega-3 of omega-3s uh, chia seeds are a really good source so most seeds nuts and seeds would have good um, good fats in them because they're all plant-based fats when you talk about nuts specifically which nuts it's not your salted not the salted peanuts. dry roasted peanuts yeah. unfortunately no and again you're better off going for raw nuts instead of toasted or cooked okay they will have a little bit more flavour when they're toasted but when you heat something like that when you cook anything you're going to start killing off some of the, the goodness in it so try and go for raw nuts I would tell people to go for walnuts they're really good for brain health um, hazelnuts are really good um, when it comes to seeds, pumpkin seeds are another really good one, sunflower seeds. So ju- you can get a good mix in a health food shop or most supermarkets carry them as well. So instead of going for a bag of cheese and onion, you know, pick up a bag of mixed nuts and seeds. At least you're getting some goodness well, out of them. That's a good tip now to get you away from the yeah, just salt and vinegar. A little vinegar. bit of discipline is <laughs> yeah, required, obviously. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to talk about this evening was balancing our blood sugars. So there's an awful lot of hype about our blood sugars and what it comes down to is trying to outwit the sugar addiction. So our blood sugars, what do they do? The main purpose of them. The easiest way, I think, to describe this to people and explain it. Human beings were designed to react quickly to a stressful situation. So going back thousands of years ago, going back to Stone Age times, you know, you might be ambling along and you might have to run from a tiger or something like that. I know it sounds a little bit odd, but that's what it comes back down to. That's what our bodies were designed to do. And this is called the fight or flight response. So our brain thinks that we need the energy to run from this tiger or whatever the stressful situation might be. Now, unfortunately, as we have evolved, we haven't evolved. Our evolution hasn't moved fast enough to deal with modern day lifestyle and the stresses that go with it. So even this evening when I was on the way over here, I got stuck behind a convoy of silage trailers or whatever it was, and I was getting stressed out. So this stress can come from financial worries, stuck in traffic at a red light, uh, whatever the case may be. But our bodies can't distinguish where the stress is coming from. So what it does is essentially most of us are in a constant um, state of stress. Now, what our body needs to do when we're in a constant state of stress, it releases different hormones. Two of the main ones that are released are adrenaline and cortisol. Cortisol is called our stress hormone. Now, ideally, in an ideal situation, these two hormones would be released to provide energy to give you the the energy to run from that stress. Let's just call it the the tiger that's chasing us. Now, this energy should be short-lived. It should only last for two or three minutes to give you enough time to get away from that stress. But because our bodies are in a constant state of stress, let's just say because of financial worries or whatever the case may be, these, there's overproduction of these hormones. So they're constantly floating around inside in our bloodstream. The purpose of that, it gets you up and it alerts you. It should shut off after two or three minutes. Now, when we're stressed, in a constant state of stress, it'll probably take a little bit longer, but cortisol won't shut off. That's constantly being produced. It's overproduction of it. And unless you use it up, it becomes... Um, redeposited. So when we produce these hormones, we need more energy. Our brain thinks that we need to keep running, we need more energy, and we're going to get that from our food, primarily from sugar. So sugar is a nice fast release into the into the bloodstream. So you get a sugar craving then and you think, craving. gosh, I have to have yeah. a bar of chocolate now. Exactly. That's what it comes back down to. So everybody is familiar with if you're stuck in an office all day, if you're in a state of stress all day, you get this sugar craving because your body thinks that you need that burst of energy to deal with the stress. So we're in a constant state of stress, constantly craving the bad things. You're going to crave salt, you're going to crave sugar because you need that surge of of sugar going through your blood. And that will be carried into your cells in your body then to provide you with energy. But unfortunately, because we're sitting down all day long and not running from the tiger, you have all this extra sugar floating around inside your blood. And there's no place to go because you don't need it to, to run. So what happens? It gets stored as fat, primarily fat around the middle. There's, um, it's no, um, the reason fat gets stored around the middle is because it's the closest point to store it to the liver is where it gets converted into energy. So, you know, you're you're not going to see somebody with huge legs or huge arms or a huge head. You store it around your middle because it is the closest point to the liver for conversion. So that's why we have central obesity. 
And what's your advice then when somebody does have these sugar cravings? What can they take to, to counteract them instead of going for the, okay, the chocolate? Okay, so some of the main tips that I would give people just to kind of kick that sugar habit and to regulate your blood sugar levels. A few basic things would be to eat at regular intervals because when we starve ourselves, if we get up in the morning and we're late for work and you might not end up eating at 12 or 1 o'clock, your body has gone into starvation mode, doesn't know when its next meal is going to come, so it holds on to every calorie out of that food, every bit of sugar, every bit of fat, you don't burn it off. It's holding on to it because it doesn't know when you're going to feed it next. So eat at regular intervals. You shouldn't go more than three or four hours without eating. Um, so eat little and often. So graze instead of gorge. Traditionally, again, it would have been, you know, three square meals a day, keep back from the table for weight loss. But this would be kind of the main point for just for basic weight loss. Uh, eat little and often. Choose whole foods over processed foods. What I mean by whole foods is something, a natural food. So meat, fish, fruit, veg, nuts and seeds that we spoke about. Um, Another main one, our main tip would be try to incorporate protein into every meal. So don't just have carbs, don't just have bread, don't just have the crisps, have protein with it. So a good example would be if you are really health conscious, go for an apple, which is your carbohydrate, go for a handful of nuts or seeds with it, which is your protein. The protein will slow down the release of the sugar into your bloodstream. So it'll keep a nice sustained kind of even balance of um, energy release throughout the day. Uh, Go for increased fiber. Again, it takes longer to break down, longer to digest. So you won't get that rush of sugar into your blood. A a good example would be having porridge for breakfast in the morning. It's a whole food. It's a complex carbohydrate. So it'll provide you a nice slow energy as opposed to having a bowl of uh, cornflakes, for instance, that are maybe that you add sugar into. So you'll get a surge of energy that will last for 20 or 30 minutes and then you're hungry again shortly afterwards. We would be great now to have the porridge in our house for the breakfast. And I feel it does keep the kids full up until lunchtime. But for me now, I, I just feel around 10 or 11 o'clock, I'm dying for something else to eat. Yeah, so if you wanted to carry a healthy snack with you, so if you're going out on the road or if you're going to work, instead of going in picking up, like we spoke about, the multi-buy of sausage rolls or Kit Kat or whatever it is, carry something with you, just be prepared as well. That's the secret to kind of overall healthy eating and a healthy diet and lifestyle. And if it is for weight loss, because certainly at this time of year, everybody is getting geared up for summer holidays. Everybody has a few stubborn pounds that they want to shift. So get into the habit, get prepared with your meals, carry something like a little packet of oat cakes with you. They're a good, um, good complex carbohydrate. They're high in fibre. Um, maybe carry a little bit of cheese with you to go on them, which is going to be your fat. Maybe try them with some sort of a nut butter, like an almond butter or a cashew nut butter or something like that. Instead of putting chocolate spread on cream crackers, go for a good quality nut butter on the oat cakes. So that'd be a general kind of healthy snack to have. And like I said, if you're going for fruit, always try and have a few nuts and seeds with it. Well, that's good to know. I must give that a try. Just getting back to the, the blood sugars. If you keep keep up that lifestyle and you have this constant release of sugar going through your blood, um, eventually then what happens is you have insulin being released into the blood. The idea of insulin is to transport the sugar out of your blood into the cells in your body. Now, sometimes um, when this is going on, if it's a constant state of stress and a constant production of cortisol, you will have too much insulin being produced in your blood. And what will happen essentially from that is you become insulin resistant. That's a type of diabetes. Mm. There's two types of diabetes, type 1 and type 2. Type 1 is where your body will make too little or no insulin. So you'll have people that have to inject themselves daily with insulin. So that's insulin dependent diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is insulin resistance. So it's where your body does make it, but you can't use it. So um, what happens if you're insulin resistant or if you have type 2 diabetes? Your digestion starts to shut down. Uh, your clotting, your blood clotting ability increases. So a lot of people will have um, blood clots. They're, they would be um, a serious um, side effect of type 2 diabetes. Um, your blood is eventually diverted away from your extremities. So people will have tingling in their toes and uh, fingers and stuff. And a lot of people in extreme cases, it will result in amputation and stuff. I don't want to frighten anybody off because... Um, but I think people don't realise how important it is to eat regularly and eat properly and absolutely. eat often, that you actually can create a lot of these illnesses yourself. You can be the cause of them you, by trying to diet. We're responsible ourselves for it. So if we do start addressing our diet, I don't like the word diet because it's always associated with being restricted and with being punitive. 
um, just I, I always call it like a healthy eating lifestyle choice. So if you make the choice like that now down the road, you're not going to develop or you'll certainly reduce your, um, your chance of developing these sort of illnesses. You're running a workshop then this Friday as part of the Listowel Food Fair. How healthy is your relationship with food? What is that going to involve? I will be talking about basic healthy eating tips, not just for weight loss again, but for all illnesses, just to um, optimise or for optimal health um, for kids as well. So heading back to school after a summer, healthy lunchbox ideas for kids. People just don't put enough thought into the food that they cook. A lot of us just eat because we have to. It's a necessity. We don't put enough thought in. We We certainly don't consider the ingredients that are in those foods. Um, so I will be talking to people like that just to improve your overall health um, to get in touch with the food that you're eating And that's taking place in Listowel in the town centre That is on in the Shanakee centre in the square um, and it's on Friday from 2 to 3pm And if people want to find out more about that they can go on to the Listowel Food Fair .ie website and um, you, you have to book, you have to pre-book. Well, it's it's fascinating talking to you. We could go on all night could about go on it. all night, yeah. There's lots more we could go into, but I think to be the top tips. But you will come back again and the next time you're here, you're going to be talking about arthritis-fighting foods. Yes, arthritis-fighting and anti-inflammatory fighting foods. So okay. um, that's going to be, that's an interesting one as well. Yeah, to have it sounds interesting. So we look forward to that. In the meantime, thanks very much and good luck with the workshop this Absolutely. Friday. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break you heard me talking to Sid Sheehan from Nourished by Nature about various food-related topics and the workshop How Healthy is Your Relationship with Food that he's hosting this Friday. And you can get more details about that on the listowelfoodfair.ie website. Earlier in the show, Ron Forrestal from Forrestal Wine Merchants was here with Manly Wines for Father's Day. And Martin Stack was talking about craft beer. And you can listen to those interviews again later in the week when they go up on the Best Possible Taste podcast, which is on soundcloud.com. We're staying with Listowel now and this time it's a recording from their market with the lovely Lizzie Lyons from Lizzie's Little Kitchen. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. Lizzie, tell me what's on the menu today. Um, today we have um, a dingle prey prawn um, open sandwich. Um, we do that with some um, crispy lettuce and uh, tomatoes but we also offer three of salads with it so um, it high in protein, um, tasty, really healthy. So we have a broad bean with some chorizo and a roasted red pepper. We have a roasted sweet potato with feta cheese and pomegranate. And the last then is, um, it's called uh, courgette. So basically what we do is we spiralize the courgette um, and it turns out almost like a spaghetti. So you're getting that nice hit of um, of, of crunchiness and you're, you find that it's almost like a carb but in actual fact you're eating a raw vegetable which is fantastic for you because you have all those fantastic vitamins that haven't been cooked out of the food and um, you're, you're getting that energy and that fullness although you're not eating a bad carb so that's kind of what we have on today. The whole ethos of Lizzie's Little Kitchen is very tasty, healthy, nutritious dishes. Um, yes, we're, I'm, I'm so so into food I suppose when I got my confirmation money people were my age were going off shopping I was buying my first Kenwood mixer um, so I've always been into it but I suppose I'm an advocate of eating healthy I think sometimes people don't realise you're able to do it and I think making it accessible to everyone and uh, not just people with lots and lots of money um, for example the courgette um, the courgette is so simple, so cost effective to make and it's so, so healthy and so good for you. And it's a way of getting our kids into to eating healthy as well. You know, you get them to make, make the product with you and make the salad with you and wash the lettuce. And I suppose this is the whole ethos of it, is getting everybody involved and making that healthy food accessible to everyone and not just people who, you know, can afford to buy organic. We don't necessarily have to do it, of course, if we have the money it would be fantastic but we can do things to I suppose counteract as you know an example of that would be to 
to steep our vegetables in maybe a cider vinegar for maybe 10 or 15 minutes before we cook them or before we prep a salad and you know we're kind of washing away some of the badness anyway but I suppose um, yeah it's all about being accessible and providing that really nice healthy food at an affordable price to people. And the packaging is very important to you as well. Yeah, our packaging comes from Cork. It's from Southern Tapes and Packaging, and it's all biodegradable. Um, so you can, it's good for the environment, it's good for your bin, and um, yeah, we, it's another ethos of ours. We try our best to be as environmentally friendly as we can. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just another step to, I suppose, to our, our, our whole ethos and our thinking on food and packaging and so on. You're here in Listowel every Friday at the market in Tralee on a Saturday and you're, you've opened a pop-up in Ballybunion for the summer. Yeah, so we've opened a Lizzie's Little Kitchen um, just down at the end of the main street for Ballybunion. We'll be open five days a week. Um, we close on Tuesday and Wednesday from 10 until maybe 5 or 6. Um, it's for the summer. Again, it's, it's an offering, a healthy food offering. Um, we're offering teas and, and, and coffees and we have some lovely juices that we're going to offer from the market here. We have a, a, an artisan producer here who does her own homemade cordials, which are really healthy again. Um, we'll be offering uh, curries and chowders and um, we're really, really excited about it. I suppose it's kind of a, a dream come true. Uh, for me, I always wanted to have my own restaurant or cafe. Um, and it's a step in the right direction. Uh, Ballybunion is only over the road from us. Um, we pop in the car and we'll be over there in 10 minutes. And a lot of our own crowd here from the store will go out to Ballybunion as well. So it was kind of a no-brainer, I suppose. Is it sit-in and take-away? It's sit-in and take-away. We've limited sit-in. Um, a lot of it is take-away. When we get our fantastic summer... Um, we are hoping to offer deliveries down to the beach. We do it here in the stone, you know, to offices and to people who aren't able to leave a shop. So we, we deliver to them for their lunchtime. So we're hoping to do the same in Ballybunion. Um, when people are too busy sunbathing in their bikinis to come uptown, we'll be, we'll be popping down to the beach with a delivery. You just ring it through exactly the same as here as the stone in the market. And I suppose it's just an added service um, to a product again. Do you know what I mean? We're trying to be a little different and go that extra mile for customers who are willing to spend to spend money with us. It's a fantastic idea and you're obviously very busy with the two markets and the pop-up but you're also heading up the market for the Listowel Food Fair which is on this Friday the 19th of June and you have a couple of different things happening. Yeah so we uh, we decided that we would bring in some extra stall holders on the day just to add a little bit of spice and variety to the market on a Friday. Um, we have a great following here in Listowel. Listowel are great. Listowel people are great to come down and visit us and we have lots of businesses and offices around. Um, so we have uh, Paella here. Um, food Fiesta by Carlos. He'll be here doing his paella. Uh, we have um, crepes, dingle crepes are coming. Um, we also have Divina Chocolates and then we have some fantastic jazz music lined up for the day to spice it up and have a bit of crack, I suppose, and to get that atmosphere, that summer atmosphere going. Um, hopefully the sun will be shining down on top of us. And um, it's just to create a bit of an atmosphere and to give back to the town as well. And, you know, um, hopefully people will be able to eat al, al fresco and it's to get out of the office and enjoy the fresh air. And um, we'll have little events on for the kids. We're hoping to build... Um, uh, a new food pyramid and do some tastings with them and um, yeah just to, I suppose again it's all about getting people involved and getting children involved at a young age with food and that's the whole thinking behind the Friday um, to get everybody in the stall and anybody that's driving through the stall to come in and to sample a different something that you haven't tasted before um, to enjoy the music and a bit of sunshine and hopefully and um, I suppose just to, to take a ganter around and to see what we have to offer. Um, it should be a fantastic day. And Karen Coakley, who's a regular on my show here, is um, going to be here in her capacity as Ken Merfoodie doing a cookery demo. Yeah, we're delighted to have Karen over. She's coming over in the morning. Um, it's 11 o'clock. Um, she's going to do a demo on a healthy breakfast. So, and something that's fast and easy because we all have very busy lives now. And, you know, it's 
breakfast is our more, most important meal of the day and I think a lot of us skip it um, because we are so busy. So Karen is doing a lovely demonstration on a couple of recipes that she has um, breakfast orientated that are fast and easy and um, ready in a matter of five or six minutes. Um, I don't know, uh, We, if you follow Karen on, on Facebook and, and Twitter, her posts are absolutely amazing. Um, her recipes are fantastic and uh, she's a fantastic advocate of, of sourcing locally and um, being thrifty with food as well, you know. And again, that's that accessibility to people making this healthy eating, that it's not rocket science. It doesn't cost the world and it is accessible to everyone if we have the knowledge to know how to do it. Well, I know she's very excited about coming and she's very much looking forward to it, as am I. So the best of luck with it. And um, the, the food fair is on from this Thursday, the 18th, until Sunday, the 21st. There's lots happening here in Listool for all age groups, families, individuals, couples, whatever. And people should visit listoolfoodfair.ie to get all the details. Yes, that's it, exactly. On Sunday, we have a great day lined up for family. Loads of family events. There's Zumba. Um, we have dance saying there's beautiful fantastic barbecue that's been laid on by the Listowel um, restaurateurs and um, there'll be a craft fair on and there'll be other stalls then, food stalls so it'll be a great great day out um, for adults and kids alike Okay, child to Prague outside the door Lizzie, thanks a million for talking thanks to so me Thank you. Bon appétit Yummy Grubs up Delicious Mmm Great to chat to Lizzie and, as she said, our very own Kenmare foodie, Karen Coakley, will be doing a demo at the Listool Market this Friday, so keep an eye out for her and you might see me alongside her. Not cooking, of course. And if you're looking for inspiration for Father's Day this weekend, I'm delighted to have J.R. Rial from Ballymaloo on the phone with a lovely recipe to share. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. J.R., it's great to have you on the show this evening. Thank you. It's uh, great to talk to you, Sharon. And you've a lovely recipe to share with us just in time for Father's Day this weekend. I do, and this is a really great recipe coming into the summer because it's, it's very versatile and it also holds well. And it's for um, an almond tart with fruit. And as we go through the summer, you can use different fruit that's available on the tart. Three main ingredients, so this is really simple, and you're going to probably have them in your store cupboard anyway. So it's a very easy thing to make last minute or spur of the moment uh, there's sugar ground almonds and butter and you use equal amounts of each so when i'm making the recipe i take four ounces of uh, good salted irish butter and um, four ounces of ground almonds and four ounces of castor sugar and i soften the butter just to room temperature and stir the three ingredients together until they're mixed evenly and then the mixture is ready to use um, and depending what I'm doing, it depends which tin I use. Sometimes I use a little bun tray and I put little spoons of the mixture into each well in the bun tray. Or sometimes I use a larger sandwich tin like I do for a sponge cake and press the mixture out in it. So it's about just under a centimetre thick or quarter of an inch. And I put the tray into the oven at 180 degrees um, and bake it for approximately 20 minutes. Continue. It's a nice golden colour. And then I take it out of the oven, let it cool for a few minutes, pop it out of the tin and then let it cool completely. And that's the base of the tart. And then whatever fruit I decide to use, I arrange very prettily on top. So it could be some sliced strawberries. This time of year, there's beautiful strawberries coming from all the lovely fruit farmers around the country. It could be raspberries in the autumn. Um, in the wintertime, you might use something more exotic. You know, you could use some sliced mango or uh, whatever you can get your hands on. And uh, it's beautiful to serve that with some softly whipped cream or ice cream. And it's, it's a really great dessert. And uh, if you have any little extra tartlets left, if you make more than uh, you feel like you can eat when um, at the time, you can just keep them in an airtight box for a few days. And the almonds in the, the butter-sugar-almond mixture must give it a really nice taste, a different oh, taste, different flavour. Yeah, it's really, really wonderful. And do you know what? This is a gluten-free recipe as well. So anyone who's intolerant to gluten or trying to cut down on wheat in their diet, you know, it's a type of tart that they can eat. But it's good enough that everyone will want to eat it. And no one will even realize it's gluten-free. So it's suitable for everyone. Kids love it. Adults love it. It's, it's just so versatile. And if you arrange the fruit really carefully, you'll be so proud of yourself. It'll look like something from one of the great pastry shops in Paris. Whenever you talk about the butter there, I presume you're using lovely fresh Ballymaloo butter. 
Yeah, or if, if I was making it at home, I'd probably use Kerrygold or, you know, one of the really good um, Irish creamery butters. And, um, and, and that's it, yeah. So it's, it's so simple to make. You'll probably always have those ingredients in your press. It's a fabulous recipe. Are you going to put it up somewhere where the listeners can go and see it? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll put it up on the Ballymaloo House website. So that's um, at ballymaloo.ie um, and you'll find it on the recipe section there. Perfect. That's just fantastic. Thanks so much for chatting to me this evening to share that. Hopefully some of the mums and the kids will, will make that for the fathers this weekend or maybe just even to treat themselves. And we're going to talk to you next week in more detail about you. So until then, thanks very much. Sharon, that was a pleasure. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Great to chat to JR and I look forward to talking to him in more detail on the show next week or maybe the one after. In the meantime, there's a super lineup of events for the Listowel Food Fair and I'm particularly looking forward to the Sunday events because they're very family orientated. There's foraging in the morning in the town park and then a big party celebration in the square with lots of music and entertainment, lots of lunch options to enjoy, a craft fair and so much more. I know I'll not be cooking on Father's Day, that's where I'll be, but I I will have one very happy father with me. Check out listoolfoodfair.ie for all the details. Time to turn our attention to other events now and we're going to stay in County Kerry at Mark Doe's Cookery School Just Cooking. There's lots coming up in the schedule including gluten-free baking and Italian food. Visit justcooking.ie for info. Hook and Ladder are in the cities of Limerick and Waterford and Summer Entertaining and Cooking with Dad are there on the programme. What a lovely Father's Day gift that would be. Everything you need to know can be found on hookandladder.ie. If you're on the other side of the country over in County Waterford or fancy a spin in the Dungarvan direction, check out tannery.ie for cooking summer food and stunning seafood courses and early booking is advisable. Beekeeping, building a clay oven and kitchen skills for older teens are just some examples of courses in Kilkenny at the School of Food and you can get information about that on the website townoffood.com. And finally, in Tullamore, County Offaly, Yvonne Carty, a.k.a. Hey Pesto, has barbecue courses and afternoon tea demos coming up. Check out Yvonne's website, heypesto.ie, for details. If you have an event coming up, it might be a cookery demo, a product lunch or even a fundraiser. Please be sure to send me details, s.noonan at live.ie, and I'll be only too delighted to give them a shout out here on the diary on Best Possible Taste. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleunte. That brings us to the end of tonight's show. Thanks for joining me and to all of tonight's guests. Ron Forrestal, Martin Stack, Sid Sheehan, Lizzie Lyons and J.R. Royale. Final reminder that the best possible taste podcast is online at soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show. I'll be back at the same time next week for more food and chat. Until then, have a great week and to all the daddies out there, especially my own up north. Have a wonderful Father's Day. Oh, and of course, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit.